Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. We'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Glad you're with us. Uh, thanks for joining us on a Wednesday afternoon. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Dalton Stanford with another edition of the Eagle Hour, broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. And we thank you for tuning in this afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss. Dickie's is a great place for catering. You're having an event, large or small, business, church, home, office, really doesn't matter. Dickie's can cater it, make it very easy and very delicious for you. Got a great selection of a catering menu. Excuse me, a lot of selections off the catering menu. Uh, You can choose uh, an assortment of meats, an assortment of sides, desserts, drinks, of course, and Dickies will take care of it. So the next time you have a special event, just sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Al Holder will be joining us uh, later in the show. Al will be updating us on uh, Southern Miss baseball players who are now playing professional baseball and how those guys are doing. But first, we're going to go a day early because the Palmer Home uh, Radiothon tomorrow will be broadcasting on all Super Talk stations, so there will be no Eagle Hour tomorrow or any local programming on any of the Super Talk stations or regional programming for that matter. So we're going to go to the Biloxi Sun Herald today and bring our buddy Patrick McGee on the show a day early. Patrick, how are you? I'm doing fine. How about you? Well, I'm good, and I appreciate you coming on a day early. I want to talk a little bit of recruiting here with you uh to start off with this afternoon, uh, a baseball recruit that uh, you found newsworthy uh, for Southern Miss Baseball. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah, uh, Austin Izio, a third baseman at PRCC. Uh, he, he originally played his high school baseball at Pearl Central, so he's a local guy. Uh, he's a, he played third baseman, uh, third base at PRCC and hit 10 homers, 360, 40-plus uh, RBIs, and hit out of the leadoff spot. Uh, this season, he's a pretty good athlete, and at Southern Miss, he'll he'll be immediately eligible. He'll play the 2020 season, and to me, it's it's the, really kind of a a piece to the puzzle that Southern Miss really needed, uh, especially with the loss of Bryant Bowen, and and you, you know you're going to be replacing the first baseman, and and with uh, Hunter Slater moving on, it's it's a bat Southern Miss really needed. He can hit for pop, hit for average. Uh, he's a good athlete. He can play third base, first base, second base. Uh, even can kind of move to the corner outfield. So uh, basically, he's going to be a utility guy. He's going. To, they're probably going to find some place for him. Uh, they need his bat. Uh, somebody that can, you know, probably, he expects to be in the middle of the lineup next year, whether it's second, hitting second, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth. Uh, so I, I think it's a really big pickup for Southern Miss because he was one of the better players on that team that advanced to the Junior College World Series. Patrick, uh, of course, there's a new recruiting coordinator in town, Travis Creel. As you look back at uh, at, at what he did at Louisiana Tech, and then you look ahead, 
Do you think you're going to see a, a, a different philosophy in uh, in recruiting, or how, how would you envision Travis Creel uh, recruiting for Southern Miss baseball? Well, I'm, I think maybe we'll see a slightly more of an emphasis on the junior college level. However, you know Scott Berry's all, you know, at the end of the day, Scott Berry's going to set the tone uh, for for the talent that Southern Miss brings in. Uh, so I would expect you know we still see a similar balance of high school and junior college talent. Uh, much like we saw in their Kaye, uh, but Creel's connections on the junior college level, you know, are, are very good. Uh, so you know, he was they had had an eye on on uh, uh, Izio at Louisiana Tech, and there was a he, Izio was expecting Louisiana Tech offer at some point. And it was it, whenever Creel got on the staff, it was really uh, just yesterday when Izio picked up the Southern Miss offer, and it, it didn't take him 24 hours to go ahead and make the call and commit to Southern Miss. So. I, you know, Creel's connections on the JUCO level, I think, will show up with time. Right. Does the JUCO players you think fit better in college baseball than than in football? Perhaps. I think the the numbers translate a little bit better, but you know, it, it's much like uh, uh, college football, and you know, it, it's still a situation where sometimes the JUCO level just doesn't. You know, JUCO numbers don't necessarily translate uh, to the Division One level. It's kind of a it's kind of, you know, it's unpredictable. You just don't know how those guys are going to play out. But Izio, uh, from everything I've heard, everything I've seen, he has the makeup to be a Division One baseball player. And it, to me, it just makes perfect sense. I think Izio will be, be a starter next year, whether it's at first base or maybe in right field. Right. Luke? Patrick, uh, we we reported a couple weeks ago, or maybe in last week, Andrew Stanley, the catcher uh, out of Arkansas. He was, uh, I think, a high school All-American in the state of Arkansas with the Razorbacks last year. Uh, and I, from what I'm hearing now is he has been granted a, a transfer waiver, and so he's going to be able to play next year. Have you heard the same thing with Andrew Stanley? Uh, no, I've been kind of out the, out for the most part. That's kind of news to me. I mean, that would be a big deal. I mean, I'd Stanley's not a player I'm aware of. I mean, but he was. Did he receive a redshirt this past season in Arkansas or something like that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I knew Barry and Company were kind of looking for that third catcher. Uh, that sounds to me like somebody that could, uh, if, if uh, possibly, starter be the backup to the Davis kid they got out of JUCO in Georgia. Uh, you know, uh, Southern Miss was in the market for a catcher. I know Louisiana uh, LSU had a guy transfer. I think he was a going to be a graduate transfer. I'm not sure where he ended up going. So for Southern Miss to get somebody that was on the uh, Arkansas roster is a good sign because if you haven't checked lately, Arkansas has been extremely talented as a baseball program. They've just turned out uh, pro prospect after pro prospect. Let me ask you this. Uh, we had Travis uh, Creel on Monday. Great guy. You you wrote about him. Such a history there. Uh, I mean, just objectively, is there any pressure on him? I mean, you're, you're filling Chad Kaye's shoes. I mean, you think there's there, there will be any pressure on him at all, whether from the inside or outside? Yeah. <laughs> at Southern Biz, there's pressure to win. You know, I mean, you, you know, some of these kids may go to some other uh, Division One programs, even within Conference USA. And that they want to develop, and their coaches are there to develop them for the next level. Uh, but if you're playing college baseball in Mississippi or, or Louisiana or, or, you know, in certain parts of, say, Florida or South Carolina, uh, the pressure is on is to win. And your coaches are right. going to, you know, pressure you to get. So it's the same thing. I mean, the pressure is on Travis Creel to go out there and get talent and bring in players who are going to have an immediate impact at Southern Miss. So the pressure has always been on Scott Berry and his entire staff. So uh, coming in, there's certainly going to be pressure for him to 
uh, really kind of pick up right. the uh, keep the steam going as far as that recruiting effort has gone for Southern Miss in recent years. All right, and, Patrick. Uh, your article. Uh, Last, one more question, Bob. In your article last week, Patrick, you gave a little update on some of uh, you know where the turf situation may stand for the Pete. Right. Anything else you can add to that? No, not much. Uh, it's going to be one of those things to where if it does happen, they may have an installation sometime after a, a fall practice. Barry wasn't able to give, say, like a, a number on how much money they've raised, but when you're talking about north of a million dollars to make happen, they've had some success uh, in fundraising projects around the baseball program in recent years. Uh, there's a lot of little projects that need to be done at, at Pete Taylor Park, and and those are going to be kind of put on the back burner as they get this turf thing going. So uh, right now, everything uh, all focuses on getting that the money raised for the artificial turf. All right, Patrick. Uh, as we would expect, pretty quiet from the football office. Uh, not a lot of chatter uh, with the media about the upcoming football season. I think you're probably working on something about a recruit, maybe that uh, from the Gulf Coast that looks pretty good for USM. Yeah, it published this uh, morning. Uh, uh, Drake Thornton, a linebacker out of Gautier. Uh, he's he's six foot one, uh, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, he he is the Class Five A. Uh, state champion in the 100 meter dash, uh, so that tells you how fast he is as a linebacker. Uh, he, he after he won the state meet uh, in Class 5A there in May, all of a sudden these offers start coming in. South Alabama's first offer it seemed like South Alabama's first to offer everybody down here uh, these days. And Southern Miss came on board not long after. Uh, he's going to be highly sought after. I think there's a chance maybe Mississippi State or Auburn also eventually offer. He's entering his senior year. Uh, so I, I think maybe he won't get too many more offers coming this way, but I, I can guarantee you Southern Miss and the, uh, several other programs like Troy are going to try to get in on him. Mm-hmm. We're, we're probably going to run up against a break, and, and we'll hold you over a few minutes if you've, if you've got a few. But uh, how, how lucrative is the Gulf Coast for Southern Miss football in today's era? Well, it's actually last three to four years in terms of recruiting. It, it's been kind of a, a heyday for recruiting on the coast. And there's, you know, going out and putting together all South Mississippi team for the season. And I'm counting, you know, 13, 14 guys with FBS scholarship offers. Uh, most of those kids, pretty much every one of those kids have South Alabama offers. Not all of them have Southern Miss offers. Uh, so uh, it, it could potentially be a big deal for Southern Miss, uh, but they've got more competition in terms of getting talent out of this region from South Alabama and uh, uh, Troy and schools like that. Uh, UAB is down here a little bit now. So uh, this season could potentially be a big year, but we'll have to wait and see if Southern Miss can kind of get some of these guys from South and other schools. Yeah, I want to continue that conversation with you about Troy, South Alabama, and some of these other schools that perhaps 10 years ago uh, were not in the picture Clearly, they seem to be now. We're talking to Patrick McGee, sports writer for the Biloxi Sun-Herald and big friend of the Eagle Hour. We'll continue right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great selection of Southern Miss clothing, household items, car merchandise, you name it. They've got it at Southern Miss, uh, rather at Campus Bookmart. They've got the Southern Miss stuff, that's what I'm trying to say. If you're out of town, you can reach them at campusbookmart.net. If you're in town, of course, you should stop by, say hello, and uh, pay them a visit right there on Hardy Street. We're talking to Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. A couple of football questions for you, Patrick. Uh, you, you commented about South Alabama and South Alabama making a lot of offers to kids on the Gulf Coast. You mentioned Troy. You know, I look back 10 years ago, and, and, and these programs really weren't around. How much has that changed the, the recruiting landscape in Mississippi for the South Alabamas and, and the Troys uh, to become so active? Well, I, I think just in the last year, I think it is a bit of a thorn inside of Southern Miss, what South Alabama is doing uh, with the staff of Steve Campbell and, and Huff, who was also a former head coach of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. They're very familiar with this area. I know I was talking to Bluxy head coach, uh, Catlin French, and he says he's got four kids with offers, and all four of them have South Alabama offers. I think one of them has a Southern Miss offer. And, and, you know, not all those kids, obviously, are probably uh, kids that Southern Miss wants. Uh, but it, it's just it, it adds up over the time over time if South Alabama is going to be so aggressive recruiting, uh, not, only, you know, not only the high schools in South Mississippi, but the junior colleges. Uh, so it's, it's one of those things that – uh, we'll still have to see how much of an impact it has in the long run. It seems like South Alabama's got some recruits that, that Southern Miss didn't, you know, has gotten some commits that Southern Miss wasn't necessarily pursuing you know, previously. But you know, some of these kids might have been guys that Southern Miss would have offered a month or two down the line. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's going to be, to, be, to be interesting what Steve Campbell and South Alabama can do in the long run uh, because they are being extremely aggressive in the southernmost six counties of Mississippi, and I'm sure into the Pine Belt. So uh, it's it's something that Southern Miss has to account for because South Alabama is trying to get in early on all these football players down in the on the Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. And in past years, that just wasn't the case, right? No, I mean for whatever reason, South Alabama really wasn't uh, that uh, aggressive in recruiting the region. I don't know why, uh, but they just haven't had many kids come through. Uh, but with Steve Steve Campbell and the staff he's put together, uh, there was no doubt that they were going to make this area a priority. And it seems like it's almost there. You know, aside from say the Mobile area, uh, South Mississippi may actually be uh, right up there. You know, in terms of the uh, one and two as far as the recruiting areas. Well, it makes sense too that it'd be attractive to kids because their families can drive right down the interstate. It really is. It's nowhere nowhere for them to have to travel to watch them play. Yeah, it's actually a shorter drive for me to uh, drive to South Alabama's campus than to drive to Southern Miss. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. So that that really tells you all you need to know. All right. Now, Patrick, last week, last Friday, I ran across an article in NFL.com, and it uh, it listed the ten greatest NFL quarterbacks of all time. And my buddy Luke really took objection to some of the things in this. In this, it really upset him. And uh, you so, you will too, Patrick. You you will too. So just, I want I want to get your opinion, uh, Patrick, since you are a professional sports writer, and and see. <laughs> where you stand in conjunction with Luke's feelings about this. Top ten quarterbacks of all time that played in the National Football League. A lot of a lot of this upset Luke, but the first thing that upset Luke was that Troy Aikman was written up as the tenth greatest quarterback in NFL history. No, I don't, I don't really buy that. I mean, I like Troy Aikman. 
I thought he was really a good quarterback, but he was kind of in a perfect situation, just surrounded by a huge, you know, great, the best offensive line ever, Emma Smith, and uh, receivers like Michael Irvin and, and Alvin Harper. So uh, nobody inherited a better situation. It was kind of like a bizarro. Uh, uh, Archie Manning, to where he was in the worst position possible. <laughs> Troy Aikman was in the best position uh, possible. So it was – no, I, I don't put Aikman in the top ten, no. Well, another thing that upset Luke was that two of the top ten quarterbacks, according to NFL.com, were Dallas Cowboys, Troy Aikman and the other, and he was on up in the rankings, no, Roger Staubach. I was okay. I was okay with this one. I was okay with You this okay one. with Roger Staubach? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the. I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't go back and you know. I know Stallback is a really nice play, player and led them to Super Bowls and all that. Uh, but I don't know if he'd be in my top ten. But you know, mm. to each their own. Uh, Otto Graham was in the top ten. Patrick, you may be too young oh. to remember him. I mean, I mean, I mean, did he put Charlie Connerly in there too? I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, no, the, the thing that sealed it for us with Otto Graham was he led the Cleveland Browns to 10 straight championship games. Right. Yeah, pretty and, good. You know, right. And he probably had a 180 pound offensive lineman in front of him. I mean, who gives, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're, I, you know, the best quarterbacks have all been from, you know, Johnny United forward. You know, it's, it's, right. To me, that's, that's whenever the true era of quarterbacking well, started. Well, Johnny, you was in the top 10. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's certainly deserving. All right. Number one quarterback in the history of the National Football League, according to NFL.com, Tom Brady. I can't argue with that. There we go. Did you hear uh, that? Did you hear that, Luke? You hear well, what I mean, the man said? I, t- I told you. You were three feet away from me where I told you that I would probably agree with that. I, I kind of had Montana at number one. But, I mean, Patrick, yeah, I mean, this list, I mean – this list, I don't know if they need to sell like different team stuff. If they're looking at this, Aikman does it. Aikman makes it. Breeze doesn't. Yeah, no Drew Breeze. That was my eight. next question. So yeah, what do you say? No Drew Breeze. What do you say, Patrick? Uh, Breeze is a top five quarterback. I don't. I don't think there's a. I don't see how anybody could disagree with that. Right. Number eight, Brett Favre. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like Favre, but there's also the, you know, there's reasons not to put him in a top five. He threw a lot of interceptions, and, and mm-hmm. he didn't take advantage of every opportunity they had to get to the Super Bowl. So I, I'm not going to disagree with Favre today. Now, let me tell you the one that I had the problem with. I had a problem with Dan Marino being a top ten all-time quarterback, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets there just on stats, you know, and he – he never did a whole lot. I mean, I would have probably put him around nine or ten in the in the list, but uh, it's kind of hard to rule out Dan Marino. Whenever he was really, you know, it was him and Dan Fouts that really were the first kind of gunslingers in the league that really put up numbers that were were gaudy. I mean, but you know, he's just got that knock on him. Just never made it to the Super Bowl or really did much of anything in the postseason, really. And how about Terry Bradshaw not being a, a top ten quarterback with four Super Bowl rings? Yeah, the reasoning behind this ranking just seems dumb. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't think Bradshaw's a top ten quarterback, honestly. Uh, but it's just it's kind of like a, a Troy Aikman deal to where he was in the perfect situation. I mean, you go back to look at at Bradshaw's completion percentages; they were terrible. Mm. So I mean, it was you know they had a great ground game, a great offensive line, and really really good receivers. So I think Bradshaw and Aikman are just guys that kind of 
uh, we're, we're inherited situations that are really great. Best quarterback playing in the National Football League today outside of Tom Brady, which we all concede he is the best, is who, in Patrick McGee's opinion? Oh, well, it'd have to I mean, to me, Brady and Breeze are one and two. So, uh, that you know, they're not at their absolute peak at this moment, but their teams are still winning and they're still putting up exceptional numbers. I mean, all you got to do is look and see what Breeze did this year in terms of completion percentage. He's playing a different type of game than he did six, seven years ago. Uh, but not, you know, no quarterback really does that, <laughs> except if you're Tom Brady, who doesn't age, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I think Breeze is right. You know, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, one, but that's one season for him. Right. Uh, we'll we'll see what he does this year. But I would put Breeze number two. Where does Philip Rivers fall in the in the great quarterbacks of all time? You never hear his name, but it seems to me he's been a tremendous quarterback. He's, I mean, he's a really good quarterback. I mean, he's a guy that that's kind of uh, lived up to his draft. I guess he was a, a number two pick uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, and, and he's certainly lived up to his billing. He's just been, but again, he missed out on the opportunities whenever he had some really good talent around him with Tomlinson and Antonio Gates and stuff like that. So I was really impressed with the way they played last year with Rivers. So in terms of longevity and durability, Rivers is really good, but I wouldn't put him in the top ten. Okay. All right, final thing, uh, Patrick, and and because of people like Luke, this may surprise you, but because of people like Luke, as of today, the number one selling NFL jersey in the country is the Brady jersey. Does that surprise you? Well, it does surprise me. That, I mean, have these people not already bought Brady jerseys? I mean, what, how, why are you still buying them now? I mean, gosh, how many Brady jerseys do you need? When did you buy your first one, Luke? Uh, I didn't buy my Brady jersey. I was kind of heartbroken. The one Saints jersey that I own is a throwback Bobby Bear jersey. So I was kind of heartbroken Bear wasn't in there. But, Bob, I should note, there was not even uh, a, a Redskin quarterback in the top 30. So no, not, not even a receiving vote for a Redskin no, quarterback. No, no. Where, where do you rank Colt McCoy? Is he, is he near the top 20, to Patrick? Well, I mean, is, is he going to make the roster this year? I mean. <laughs> The top 20 backup. Who knows? (laughs) All right, Patrick, always fun, and we always appreciate your time, my friend. All right, sure thing. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Now, speaking of really unusual characters, Al Holder is next on the show, so uh, hang on for that. We'll be right back. Back uh, on a Wednesday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, on Tuesday nights, the Tuesday night wing special, 65-cent wings. 
every Tuesday night until football season starts. Of course, check them out on Facebook. You can always find their weekly specials there, trivia, all kinds of Southern Miss memorabilia. And we greatly appreciate 4th Street Bar and Grill proudly sponsoring the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, beautiful downtown Laurel. In the middle of all this uh, Major League Baseball uh, that I've been following, I play fantasy baseball and all kinds of stuff like that. Brian Dozier been doing exceptionally well, Bob, but there's some real, 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 real uh, good Golden Eagles doing well in the minor leagues. And who better to go to to ask about that than our official minor league baseball correspondent, the very popular and highly paid Al Holder. Al, how are you? Al? I'm sorry. Our producer had nodded off there and didn't have your mic up. How are you, Al? I'm doing great. It's a great day to be a Golden Eagle, isn't it? Well, it is. So uh, update us. Let's start start with – with the main man himself, Mr. Matt Walner. How's, uh, how is he progressing in professional baseball? Well, you know, he's, he's still with the uh, the Elizabethan Twins, which is rookie advanced. And uh, he, he's uh, – right now he is uh, – his batting average is 306. He's played in 29 games. He's played in almost every game. He was on the bench uh, last night or the night before. I can't remember. Uh, 108 at-bats. He's got 12 RBIs, two home runs, and 36 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. The thing that concerns me is uh, the strikeouts. Uh, uh, you know, it's, he gets. I think when he gets behind in the count, all he sees is his sliders, and uh, those he just is a sucker for those things. Always has been. Yeah. So I, I guess they're working with him on his uh, uh, on his uh, you know the way his mind works as you get into the count about mm-hmm. what to look for and stuff like that. So. He's hitting the ball pretty good, though. He's over 300. Way too early to draw any conclusions, right? No question. Right. Okay. How about my man Taylor Braley? Is he making any noise? He just seems kind of stuck. He's 0-5, 377 ERA. Uh, He's uh, 50, but his strikeout is 51 strikeouts, 10 base on balls. That's good. Uh, Yeah, that's good. He's given up 82 hits in 19, uh, 19 games. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, his uh, his ERA at three seventy seven is, is not bad, right? Uh, Kirk, Kirk McCarty is uh, on the seven day uh, injured list right now. He is not uh, actively playing. He's been injured a lot this year. Am I right about that? Injuries have, has, have begun he, to plague him some. He, yeah, he was he was uh, injured at the beginning of the season. He came back. He actually had a couple of good games in there, and then. Uh, uh, I think he hurt his arm again. I'm not sure what whether his issue is a shoulder or what. It's hard. It's really, really hard to find out stuff on these minor league kids with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, a guy that a guy that has improved a little bit is Chucky Robinson. Yeah, how's he doing? His batting average is up to 221, and uh, he's uh, it's just, he's still got 83 strikeouts and 262 at bats, but his batting average is improving improving a little bit. Mm-hmm. Luke, Luke Reynolds has moved back. He is. He's gone from A advanced. He was batting one ninety, and they've moved him back to A. Mm-hmm. Which you know, it's hard to figure because he just looked like a man among boys playing in college, didn't he? He did, and uh, it's. Uh, but you know, when you get you, you're now, you're just not playing a lot of weak pitchers anymore. You're seeing guys that that bring it pretty good, and uh, it just it makes it. Uh, uh, it it's a ladder you. Climb and, and uh, 
if, if you can get to AAA, that was the thing that impressed me about Nick Sandlin was he how quick he made it to AAA. Mm-hmm. That, that, that tells you a lot about uh, his abilities and stuff. Right, and we should point out he's done for the year. Are we correct about that with that a forearm injury? I think they put him on a shelf. Yeah, right. the uh, if, if he'd stayed healthy, I think he. He he probably would have been going up after All Star break. That that was my thinking all along. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, I think they've shelled him, and they'll they'll take him to spring training next year. Uh, he'll be completely healed and healthy, and uh, he may make the ball club uh, out of spring training. Mm-hmm. Now, Cole Donaldson, uh, the catcher that just graduated. Uh, didn't get drafted, but got got a, I guess a free agent contract and made his debut this week professionally, didn't he? That is correct, and I think he went out for three. But uh, I I'm happy for the kid. I he just I always liked the way he played, and you know he he has a lot of pop in his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just uh, uh, he just waved at too many too many balls, but. Boy, when he when he barrel one up, it, he he sent it somewhere. Right. right. Uh, Lebo uh, is uh, with the Rockies organization, and uh, as a as a free agent, mm-hmm. and so uh, I always like that kid too. He he just he's a good teammate. You know what I'm saying? He's right. A, yeah, right. Real good team. Yeah. Uh, Luke, on a scale of one to ten, how bad do you think the baseball team missed Lamarcus Boyd this past year? Uh, from a, a playing standpoint, an eight. From a leadership standpoint, probably a fifteen. Yeah. 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 No question. It, it was a. It, he, I, that may have been, uh, in my humble opinion, that may have been the biggest loss from the previous year. Would have been Lamarcus Boyd. Uh, not not only for his for his nine hole bat, Al, but from what Luke just said, he was truly a he was a great leader for the baseball team, wasn't he? Yeah, and you know, Luke and I don't agree on very much, but I just agreed with him 100%. <laughs> Not many people agree with much Luke says, but that's pretty good. J.C. Keys, man, I love J.C. Keys. Always uh, always yeah. one of my favorite players on the team. How's J.C. progressing? Actually, J.C. is he, he's one and one. His ERA is 377, but they've only thrown him 14.1 innings, and uh, but he's got 21 strikeouts on seven base on balls. So he's doing something right. He's. Uh, uh, I'll be interested in watching and see whether they advance him or not. Uh, it's. Uh, 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 he was. He was uh, drafted real late, right? Mm-hmm. But that, uh, was he a free agent? Or yeah, he was, a, he was a late round, round draft. Yeah. Yeah, late round draft. So you know, there, there's a lot of people above them. They got more money involved uh, in them, and uh, they they tend to uh, watch those guys a little closer, but. So he's going to have to work real hard out of this, but uh, he's got uh, uh, he's got nice fastball and that curveball when it's working off of that fastball is devastating. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a guy Nolan Ryan that had those two pitches that uh, got a lot of people out at one time. I seem to remember him. One of, one of those things uh, about JC too. He only threw I think around thirty innings. I think it was thirty one actually this year for Southern Miss. So, you know, that's one of the reasons Sandlin didn't pitch much, uh, you know, when his first year in the minor leagues was because of the the load that his, his arm had already taken. J.C.'s a guy uh, that they could get a whole lot more innings about, and that may be why they're they're not throwing him as much right now because they're going to continue to push him and not shut him down, you know, in, in August or September because he still has, for this year specifically, a whole lot more innings in his arm. 
I agree. Uh, the uh, and he, you know when when he's on, he he's tough. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. I, I've watched him for what four years, and, and uh, <clears throat> he just when when he was on when he, when his when his uh, fastball was sinking a little bit and throwing that curveball off of that, I mean, it was like a big changeup. So mm-hmm. that was uh, 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 that, that that was a devastating combination because that that curveball looked like it looked like it was coming in on top of the zone and the fastball down the bottom of the zone. The speeds are like. 10 or 15 miles an hour difference. It was it was pretty interesting. It was a sick curveball. He 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 just had yeah. sick changeup stuff. No yeah, question about. It. Yeah. All right. So if you if you look at all these kids, Al, and let's take Sandlin out of the picture, who would you say is doing the best? Who who is progressing the best? I think the the one with the biggest upside is Chucky Robinson. Mm-hmm. I think they like Chucky. I just. I, I, he, uh, you know, he's with the Astros, and and uh, I just think they like him as a catcher. I, I, and catchers, you know, you, they'll put up with a lot on the offensive side for a, for a guy behind the plate, and uh, he just gives you a lot behind the plate. He's, a, the, you know, the balls don't tend to get by him a lot. He's got a good arm, uh, and uh, he's he's a big presence back there. Uh, smart kid. I just I I, I think they they've got him kind of on their radar screen and uh mm-hmm. just have to wait and see but that, that that'd be the one guy that i would uh, uh that i would have uh, my that i would kind of watch keep a keep an eye on pretty tough to make that astros roster though isn't it yeah yeah it, but a lot of times you, you'll get somebody you know uh like the uh, tigers or somebody that's just dying for a, a, a catcher and uh that it, it, he, he makes good trade bait but i think he's I think he's well thought of. Okay. Yeah, no. Do you see any future for Luke Johnson, uh, Al? Uh, you mean Luke Rails? No, no, Luke Johnson, the guy on the show here. Luke, you mean Luke Rails? No, no, Luke. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna take that as a no future for Luke Johnson in professional box. Did you hear that, Luke? The man has no confidence in you. <laughs> All right, Al. I'm, uh, I'm not speaking on purpose. Yeah, I'm just being quiet. Thank you as always, Al, and the hold down the fort for us. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yep, can't wait to see you. Al Holder, everybody. We'll be back. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Thank Al Holder for joining us and bringing us up to date on minor league baseball players who uh, former Golden Eagles. Appreciate him. Also appreciate Patrick McGee for spending the first two segments of today's show uh, with us. Uh, bringing you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every day is Gulfport Home Center located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. If you're looking for uh, the best inventory of new and used manufactured housing, Gulfport Home Center there to serve you. Go check them out on Highway 49 and or uh, check them out online, Gulfport Home Center. More room for you. 
more room for your family. Well, uh, Coach uh, Radecki with Beach Volleyball and Volleyball, uh, really happy that her Lady Eagle programs have been recognized by the American Collegiate Volleyball Association for a team academic award. And uh, congratulations to them. Uh, good job in the classroom. And, and that uh, that volleyball program uh, is, is going to come along very fast. And it's always cool on campus to see the progress of, of the volleyball center being built. Bob, I thought this was really, really cool. Um, new softball coach and uh, Brian Levin hires uh, his associate coach, Mark Mulvaney. Now, this is pretty cool. This guy was a, a scout for the Rockies. But for the last eight years, he's been the president and head coach of Scout Softball. If, you, if you're out there and uh, you, you've ever seen uh, some of this online recruiting stuff, um, this is really the softball side of it. It is a – what, what Scout Softball was, it's the majority platform that's used uh, to scout players. So Mulvaney, Coach Mulvaney – was in charge of this that most softball programs in the country use to be able to identify scout and you know recruit players. That that's a big recruiting win, I think, for Southern Miss softball to bring a guy in like that with connections like that everywhere. Well, no question. So it'll be interesting to see brand new staff uh, at this point, all male staff. That's an interesting discussion for another time, I think. Uh, but a lot of successful male. Uh, you know, women's softball coaches in college sports. So we'll just uh, we'll see how it plays out. A couple of reminders, Luke. Uh, we're off the air tomorrow. The uh, network's having its annual radiothon for the Palmer Home for Children. Great, great cause. So we would ask you to tune in at some point tomorrow. Make a contribution if you can. Going to be on the road uh, when we come back Friday. We're going to be back at Sully's Restaurant in uh, Purvis, which is always a great assignment. Jay Ladner, the new basketball coach, is going to join us for lunch and spend the uh, the lunch hour with us. And uh, we want to thank Coach Ladner. You know, I think that um, I'm sure you'll agree. Look, I, I, a big part of being a Division One coach is to promote your program and put your program in front of the fans and put it out there for the public. And it's something that Scott Berry and Jordy Lee McNellis and John Stewart do. And clearly, Jay Ladner is going to be that kind of coach. He's uh, seems to be a real open guy. Wants to talk to the fans. Wants to get out there and promote Southern Miss basketball. And boy, I just think that there's some good things are in store for the basketball program, Luke. Well, I think he he really appreciates it being here. I think you know he's a guy he wants to be here. I think he he's still in some ways uh, still not amazed, but he's just tickled pink that he is here. And, I mean, it's just we're, we're thankful for it. So it'll be great having him uh, at Sully's with us. Should also side note, Bob, Lauren will be there, okay? So don't be scared oh, really? of me showing up. Lauren's really? going to stop in and, and hang out with us. For, it's, uh, I didn't mention this uh, Monday, but it was, it's our, Monday was our 13th anniversary. Oh, so uh, well, we're going uh, to head down to New Orleans. So the smarter it. side you can ask of her. the Johnson family is going to be there for the Eagle Hour. Is that what you're the, saying? The better looking and the smarter and yeah, mm-hmm. the the there is hope. There might not be hope for Luke Johnson, but there's a future for Lauren Johnson. So she'll uh, she'll be around Friday too. All right, well, good deal. We'll look forward to having her. And you're going to the Big Easy, huh? Yeah, going to go down there and uh, going to bring you back a, a, a top ten quarterbacks jersey, oh, um, oh. Billy Joe Tolliver. I'll bring you back a, a throwback, go. Billy Joe yeah. Tolliver, yeah. John Forcade not on that list. I mean, so many no, guys, no. man. You need to take uh, Lauren to the Nola restaurant, to the Emerald Lagasse restaurant. 
Just take you a little money, okay. take some money, but it'll it'll be worth it because it's absolutely delicious. It's a great uh, atmosphere, and I I hope that you'll do that for her. She's a she's a a mighty patient woman. Thirteen years with you, huh? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, wow, wow. She would probably look at you and and say that that uh, I'm a mighty patient man, but that's the way it works. But she, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, she she's a real warrior to stay with me um like this um one one more uh, set of news we we told you earlier in the week uh, southern miss junior defensive back kyle emby uh got named to the to the thorpe jim thorpe uh, award watch list uh, today he has uh, been named to the bronco nergerski uh trophy watch list uh, which is the best defensive player and man i'm telling you what I, i'm so happy somehow it, it went over my head and I thought Hemby was a senior and I looked up mm-hmm. I guess like three weeks ago I was like this good kid's deal. a junior yeah we're good want to keep all the mother class when we can uh, Esquire where can people hear the Eagle Hour if they'd like to hear it well you can hear us on our Super Talk network of stations or you can go online and hear us on Spotify on Stitcher on the iTunes podcast app on Google Play Music or on SoundCloud via our website on demand thank you sir no show tomorrow. We'll talk to you Friday from Sully's Restaurant in Purvis. Jay Ladner will be our guest. Lauren Johnson is going to be our guest as well. That's good news. We look forward to Friday. And until then, we'll remind everybody, Southern Miss, to, to the top. The top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.